You're listening to Superpower Curiosity with Dr. Richard Gillette. And I'm Molly Ruth, producer for the podcast. This is the last episode of Season 1, so Richard will be wrapping things up for now and giving some concrete tips for how to put the lessons from the season into practice. Here's Richard! Hi, everyone. As Molly said, this is the last episode of this season on overcoming divisiveness. This season has been focused on how to find peace of mind when we are sometimes surrounded by voices of argument and anger. How can we feel good when our minds are ruffled or riled by outrage or worry? And how do we get to those elevated feelings like Contentment, calmness, gratitude, wonder, joy, compassion, love, kindness, and curiosity when we're surrounded by dissent and judgment. Even when this appears to be difficult, we need to remember it's possible, it's doable. We can enjoy peace of mind in turbulent times. We can approach this puzzle of life in so many ways. The simplest one, perhaps is avoidance. We can avoid people who drag us into conflict. We can avoid reading, hearing, seeing polarizing media, especially in the evenings. And we can avoid our own polarizing thoughts and feelings and our own judgments on others. And how do we do this? By making positive substitutions. By avoiding polarizing company, I'm not suggesting living in a hermitage. The substitution is gravitating toward uplifting and non-polarizing company. By avoiding polarizing information, I'm not suggesting we become ignorant. The substitution is selecting information that is balanced and finding information that is uplifting, especially in the evenings. By avoiding our own polarizing thoughts and judgments, I'm not suggesting we go blank nor that we should be blind to difficulties and roadblocks. The substitution is thoughts that relate to the vast field of human commonality, knowing, as we do, that the commonalities between us dwarf our differences. In the experience of commonality, fear and anger dissipate, and we are left with the elevated feelings that are our birthright. Joy, kindness, compassion, respect. And with respect, we can talk to, quote, the other side, end of quote, in a way in which they will be able to listen and we will be able to hear. A few listeners have asked me about things they can do to help improve their general ability to deal with divisive or aversive energy. Is there a way we can strengthen ourselves? There are three ways that I found especially effective aerobic exercise, meditation, and taking action. Okay, aerobic exercise. As most of you know, this is exercise of your cardiovascular and respiratory systems. You know if you're doing it because you get at least a bit out of breath and your heart rate increases. I'm not gonna go into the details of how to do this. There are hundreds of exercise regimes you can look up if you're interested. 
You don't have to go overboard with this either, and just in case you are thinking you would. 20 minutes of aerobic exercise three times a week is probably fine. If you're not already doing aerobic exercise and you are concerned whether you are medically okay to do it, you can check with your doctor. Aerobic exercise is wonderful for dissipating worry, fear, or frustration, anger. This is because aerobic exercise uses the hormones and nervous reactions that are created by the fight-flight physiological process. Aerobic exercise is also an excellent treatment for mild to moderate depression, as well as for anxiety. It has no deleterious side effects and a lot of side effects that are beneficial. And these benefits are not too shabby either. In addition to reducing depression and anxiety, moderate physical exercise has been proven to reduce our chances of developing dementia, diabetes, heart disease, high blood pressure, and hip fractures. Exercise increases mental capacity and also longevity. Of all the actions we can take that are statistically correlated with increased lifespan, Moderate aerobic exercise probably beats the lot of them, even more than reducing blood pressure or losing weight. So yeah, aerobic exercise is awesome. In the context of overcoming divisiveness, aerobic exercise does reduce our fight-flight reactions of worry, fear, anger, or outrage. One last thing. Some people, maybe a lot of people, don't like aerobic exercise. I, for instance, really dislike jogging. If you think of aerobic exercise as jogging and you hate jogging, don't worry, you do not need to jog. The thing is to find a way of exercising that you enjoy. It could be dancing, it could be walking or hiking. It could be a sport or yoga or swimming or any fun exercise by yourself, with a partner or with a group of friends. The second exercise that helps us strengthen our ability to find peace of mind is meditation. As I discussed with Professor Woolacott a couple of episodes ago, meditation is an exercise of the mind, though its effects may also be physical, for example, lowering blood pressure and improving cardiovascular health, emotional, for example, transcending fear and anger, and spiritual, for example, finding the peacefulness in which to connect to one's spiritual longing. Meditation involves deliberately shifting your focus from the world of outside concerns and worries to an inner world of peacefulness. I'm not going to go into the details of how to meditate, and once again, there are many methods you can look up and many places where you can get training. All the methods involve quieting the wanderings of the mind, and this can be done in different ways. You don't necessarily need to sit cross-legged and focus on your breath, though that can work very well for some. You can also focus your attention on a sunset, for example, or a symbol that holds beauty for you. Meditation requires a, an initial investment of 5 to 15 minutes of your time, preferably every day. I mentioned earlier in this podcast season that repeated focus on anger and fear alters the structure of your brain, diminishing the size of parts of the prefrontal cortex associated with rationality, and increasing the size of the more primitive amygdala associated with fight and flight. 
Meditation, as I discussed with Marjorie Willicott, also changes the structure of your brain, but in the opposite direction, increasing the size of parts of the intelligent prefrontal cortex and diminishing the size of the fight-and-flight amygdala. Sarah Lazar, neuroscientist at Harvard Medical School, found that these structural effects were visible on MRI scans after only eight weeks of daily meditation. That means, amazingly, that you can actually change the structure of your brain in just two months. In this podcast season, I've mentioned a few times the usefulness of focusing on commonality rather than differences. Meditation is one way of training this capacity. Another theme in this podcast season is the shifting from fight-flight divisive feelings to the elevated feelings of kindness, empathy, compassion, gratitude, joy, trust, and love. Meditation can take you there. Once your focus shifts from the outside world to an inner world of greater peacefulness, the elevated qualities arise naturally. They arise naturally because they are already within you and because your mind is quiet and undistracted by stressful thoughts. Some people may think of meditation as a way of removing themselves from involvement with life. It need not be that. On the contrary, meditation can be a way of adding a dimension to life, and that includes the way we take practical actions. Well, that brings me to a third way of strengthening ourselves, which is to take action. The more you practice the elevated qualities, the more natural they become to you, and the easier it is for others to listen to you. You can practice these elevated qualities, like kindness, compassion, gratitude, joy, trust, and curiosity, in many ways. You can practice them in meditation. You can practice them through doing the many exercises in this podcast season. For example, the exercise of focusing on commonality rather than differences. And you can practice them in practical situations with other people. In political situations, your equanimity fuels your ability to fight smart without anger or rancor. When you have concerns about what is happening in the world around you, no matter how divisive, there are always actions you can take. You can, for example, vote. You can call, you can write, you can donate, you can demonstrate, you can offer your help, you can be kind. Your action does not have to be grand. Your contribution, whatever size, is an act of generosity that feeds both you and others. Service to a greater cause strengthens you. Well, we are now coming toward the conclusion of this episode and this season. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you for your feedback and contributions. I don't yet know when the next season will start. You can find out by making sure you are subscribed. It will show up on this feed. I'll also be announcing it via email. You can join my email list through my website, drgillette.com, which also includes occasional updates on my writing and other projects. That's Dr. D-O-C-T-O-R, Gillette, G-I, L-L-E-T-T 
www.ecofactor.com. And finally, if you'd like to see the information from this podcast season in print, it's all there in my book, It's a Freaking Mess, How to Thrive in Divisive Times. And now, thank you. Thank you to Molly for expertly producing this podcast season and for introducing every episode with brightness and enthusiasm. And thank you again to all of you for listening. May you enjoy your own inherent elevated feelings, inspiration, gratitude, wonder, calmness, joy, compassion, love, kindness, and curiosity. Till next time, stay curious.